You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. We're going to read some verses together. Uh, a couple things, different people that we know of that are out ill. Uh, Miss Brenda's homesick. Uh, let's see here, Mom Coates is homesick. And then my mom was able to fly in, so I flew up on, uh, on Friday to Washington, uh, met my brother and mom at the airport, and so flew back down with Ma, so she's at the house, uh, she's watching online, uh, but uh, anyway, it's good that she is able to be with us for Christmas. Uh, so anyway, be in prayer for these that are sick, thinking about uh, Miss Adrienne Marvin, uh, she has an appointment with the surgeon tomorrow, uh, so continue to pray for her recovery and brother brother marvin's brother brian uh, continue to pray for him as he's recovering and then let's see here brother frank's mom and uh, he may be headed out already uh, there were some uh, some messages that he got he might have had to head over uh, to nevada tonight uh, so i'm not sure if he's still with us he came into the service i saw him a little while ago but not sure if he's still here uh, but be in prayer for his mom and then davis's are out sick and there are many others so just keep keep one another in prayer all right luke chapter 2 i'll start on verse number 7 and let's read responsively every other verse we'll read down through verse 11 uh, luke 2 7 through 11 and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for the blessings you have given to us. Thank you for being willing to, uh, to submit yourself to your own creation, uh, to be uh, put into the form of man. And Lord, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you have sacrificed and Lord, just leaving heaven and coming to this earth uh, as a man. And then, Lord, subjecting yourself to the cruelty of evil uh, that is down here on this earth. All so you could redeem us back to yourself. And Lord, we thank you that uh, as was prophesied uh, to Abraham, God will, will show himself a lamb. And Lord, you, you have... Uh, you have provided that lamb. You were that lamb. And I pray that you would help us just to be thankful, to be able to rejoice in all that you have done. And so bless now this time. Bless your people, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. Think about this passage. And uh, as we look at verse number 10, that's we'll, where we will get our text tonight. Uh, it says in verse 10, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You know, great joy. You know, when we think about joy to the world, I read this verse, and as I was reading the verse, I started singing joy to the world. 
And then as I started singing Joy to the World, I thought, I wonder, I wonder what really uh, was, was Isaac Watts thinking when he penned this passage of, uh, of him and he penned this, uh, this uh, uh, hymn that we sing, this Christmas song that we sing. And what I found, found out was as you were listening and as you were paying attention, I'm sure you were more astute than me. But there is no mention of the coming Savior as a child in joy to the world. When Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World, it was written as a hymn to celebrate his second coming. The verses that he used, it was out of Psalm 98, and we'll go there here in just a second. But if you think about the words of the song, Everything is about his second coming, not his first coming. And when we, when we look at it, it was pretty amazing. I started studying this out and, uh, and just trying to, to find how this tied together. Uh, but what we, what we look at, uh, the song that we think about as a Christmas song, and we can tie it to joy for sure. Uh, the Lord's coming brings joy. Uh, there's, there's no doubt there. Uh, but we think of this, if we were to sing this song in July, and we put up Joy to the World in July, uh, there, would, there would be a disconnect, wouldn't there? It would be 115 degrees outside. Do you remember those days? And, and, the, and as hot as it is, and then we could sing joy to the world. We'd have the air conditioning running on a Sunday morning and trying to get it down to about 72, 73, and everybody would be freezing. Uh, but when we turn the heat on and it hits 70 degrees, everybody's hot. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, people will bring their coats in. It'll be 73 in the auditorium. Pastor, it's freezing in here. Uh, but we have the heat on, and it's 72 or 70 degrees, and nobody's cold at all. Uh, people are hot. Uh, it's just our, our mental state. But can you imagine sweating in here in a service and singing joy to the world? It just wouldn't fit because of how we have associated it in our own mind. Uh, so uh, when you look at uh, that song, uh, Joy to the World, the third stanza. Can you throw that third stanza up for me, Brother Josh? Joy to the World. Let's look at it real quick. Uh, no more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Go into that chorus there. For as the curse is found, for as the curse is found, for as, for as the curse is found. Now, of course, we know that this is referring not to Psalm 98. This is referring all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and, and how the, the fall of man and the curse of man. Uh, and, and this, uh, there, were, there are many songbooks that uh, over the years, it was in the 1700s when this hymn was written, uh, but they uh, many hymnals, uh, because it, it will even say uh, what verses that the, uh, uh, the passage in this hymn was taken from, in the hymns, many of them took the third stanza completely out because it has nothing to do with Psalm 98. Uh, and so, uh, but we sing the whole, whole stanza because that's how uh, he wrote it. Uh, but, but with that, uh, just, just shows the, how all Scripture just dovetails together. 
and the truths of God's Word. Uh, but when we, when we look at uh, that, let's go to Psalm 98, verse number 4, we'll read that. Uh, Psalm 98, we'll read verses 4 through 9. Psalm 98. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp with the harp and the voice of the psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and all they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. And so as, as uh, Isaac Watts was, was writing this hymn, uh, and this was for his, his hymn publication in 1719, uh, he had a, uh, a song book and it was entitled, The Psalms of David Imitated. And that was the title of his songbook, and this song went into that. Uh, and, and as he wrote it, he wrote all of those with a Christological uh, view. He was looking at, at Christ through the lens of Scripture and, and trying to reveal that in his hymns. And uh, it was just such a, a blessing as I was reading through that. Uh, but when we think about Christ, he came in a cradle uh, he was suffered on the cross. He's coming in the clouds, and then he's going to rule as King of Kings. Uh, and what a blessing. We celebrate the Lord's coming, uh, but you can't just celebrate the Lord's coming. Uh, you get to celebrate the, entire, the entirety of who he is and what he has done. And, uh, and this song, uh, this song of praise, Psalm 98, as well as uh, Joy to the World, they they related uh, they were related to the second coming, uh, and the joy of the second coming is preceded by the joy of his first coming. First uh, Timothy chapter number four, I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter three, and we'll we'll get to the message here in a minute. First uh, Timothy chapter three, and verse number sixteen. First Timothy chapter three, and verse sixteen. The Bible says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Uh, what a blessing. You just think about how, uh, how and what God has done for us, it just it should just have cause us to have a heart of gratitude and thankfulness and praise uh, for the Lord. He is so good uh, to us. Now, when we look at the term joy, uh, joy is mentioned 69 times in the New Testament, 128 times. In the Old Testament. So collectively, we're looking at 197 times uh, that the word joy is mentioned. And if joy is mentioned that often, I think God wants us to have joy. He wants us to have joy. And here, when the angels came, and these angels were declaring uh, the good news, they said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And what was going to be to all people? It was the great joy. The result of these good tidings. I bring you good tidings 
of great joy. So the good tidings were, and the message that he was bringing, the result of that message would, would result that we would have great joy. And it wasn't just to individuals, it was to the whole world. Uh, he says, which shall be to all people. And so this joy and emotion, it was revolving around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate the Savior, you know, as Christians, we ought to have joy. We ought to have joy. And you know what? If we have joy, it'll show. Smile. It, it'll come out. If you don't have joy, that'll come out too. Now, I've got to watch myself. I, I, I work at smiling. I really do. I work at smiling. But when I'm busy and I'm, when I'm working, I can get so focused on, okay, I got to get this done, this done, this done, this done. And I can just tune everybody out. And I have, I have had staff, Pastor, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong? No. But he's just a little serious. Yep. <laughs> but I, I, get, I get focused. And you know what? Uh, I've got to be careful because uh, I, don't, I don't want to not present joy. Because I do have joy. The Lord is, has been so good to me uh, on, uh, uh, with, with, our, with the family, uh, everybody, as their families get uh, bigger, uh, it's harder to get everybody together. And so uh, now, Christmas time, you've got all of our kids are uh, married, they've got uh, their own family, and so uh, in, they have their in-laws, and so different relationships and different places, and so uh, with that, uh, you know, it's, it's not as easy to get everybody together. So uh, on Christmas morning, we're not, or on Christmas day, we're not going to have everybody together on Christmas. Uh, David and Steph and the boys, uh, they're down in Disneyland right now. So sometime on, on Christmas night, they'll show back up uh, after a long, grueling drive. Uh, so they're going to show up just wiped out. Uh, then uh, Jonathan and Tiffany, they're going to be with us for Christmas morning. Uh, they'll come over. We're going to make uh, Christmas breakfast. And so uh, that's just part of the tradition. And uh, they're going to come over in the morning. And then they're taking off down to the uh, airport. And they're head heading to Arkansas. And so they're going to be they're going to be out for part of Christmas Day, and then uh, Rachel and Stephen they plan their Christmas correct, and so they're going to be right here with us. Uh, and so uh, anyway, but we weren't going to have everybody together. So on was it Monday night? So Monday night we had everybody over and uh, just spent a little bit of time together for Christmas. Uh, but Christmas Day it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different. Some will be there, some won't, and uh, coming in in shifts. Uh, and you know, as life goes on, you know there is there are so many uh, joyful things. And and as as the kids all left on uh, Monday night, Deb and I just sat in the living room and just thanked the Lord for the blessings that we have. You know, we, we have the opportunity to be able to see our kids. We have the opportunity to be able to be with uh, our grandchildren. And uh, what, a, what a blessing that that is and getting to enjoy. And not just, not just being together, but enjoying being together. Not everybody has that. 
And you know, uh, there is so much to rejoice in. And why, why, do, why do we get to enjoy those blessings? God has just been so good to us. We, we get to enjoy so many blessings, uh, and it's all because of Him. So uh, tonight we're going to look at uh, 43 things, 43 reasons why we should joy. Just kidding. We're going to look at three, and I think we'll get to all three of them. All right, number one, we're going to joy in His coming. Joy in His coming. Uh, Christmas time, we are joined in the incarnation of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy in His coming. There, that ought to bring joy. It brought the angels joy. Uh, it brought the shepherds joy. It brought the uh, heavenly host. There was joy there. And there was the declaration was that there was going to be joy to all people. Why? Because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel came. He was with us, God with us, and being willing to come and be with us. God taking on the form of man. Now just think about it for a second. That God, an infinite God, squeezing himself into a little tiny baby. Putting himself, the powerful, the great I am, coming in flesh, but not just flesh, coming in a very fragile flesh, a very vulnerable flesh. You know, we don't like to make ourselves vulnerable, do we? And that's how God showed himself to us. He came not riding on a stallion. He came not sitting on a throne. He didn't come wielding a sword, though one day he will. He came in the form of a little baby. Pretty amazing that God would submit himself to humanity. The creator that spoke and brought the worlds into existence. How is he going to come? In the form of a little baby. Pretty amazing to think about what God, how, how confident God is. How strong God is. That he would make himself that vulnerable to, to man. 2 Corinthians 8 9, the Bible says, For as ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You see, the God of eternity passed, uh, uh, and before time began, uh, the, before time ever began, God the Son already existed. He just had not revealed himself yet. And we think about this little baby in a manger, God incarnate, wrapped in the form of man. Uh, the angels came to recognize and uh, to reveal him to man. But Jesus, the creator of the world, though an infant, he needed no protector. I was feeding Eli 
uh, went home for dinner and uh, he was he was over at the house and so I had the opportunity to feed Eli and I'm holding my grandson and holding the little uh, bottle in his mouth and uh, getting to spend that time with him and as I was holding him just thinking about how how needy he is everything all of the protection all of the provision has to come from somebody else. But you know what? Jesus didn't need that. He was God. If there was nobody to feed him, he would have sustained. God's will is not dependent on us. He submitted himself and he became that little child, uh, but he needed no protector. He needed no advocate. He needed uh, no nurse. He needed nobody or nothing. Why? He's God. He's God. Now, in God's plan, he put him in a, a family, and he put him with a mom to care for him. Uh, but the reality was, if there was nobody there, God was taking care of God. You, you can't kill God. Think about it. The, the soldiers did, that crucified the Savior, they did not take his life. He gave his life. He's all-powerful. If he can speak worlds into existence, he can make sure his belly is fed. He's, he's God. And we just, just rejoicing in his coming, that God was willing uh, to come uh, as a child. Uh, the, uh, Matthew 1.18, I spoke to the, chap, the kids in chapel uh, on, on Wednesday, and it was uh, out of Matthew 1.18. And it says, uh, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. I, I just stopped there. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was. I just, just that thought, you know what, we can just stop right there, and it's all good. It was. He did. He did come. Uh, and uh, his coming, uh, when he came, uh, he came to this earth, uh, and we should just joy uh, in his coming. Uh, the revelation of, of God to man, uh, Jesus, his birth uh, was, it was a real event. Uh, and here he came, we should joy in his coming. I was thinking about uh, uh, just some of the things about uh, about the Lord. The if you Google uh, what the most read book in the world is, uh, just just Google it. It comes up. It's the Bible. The Bible is the most read book in the world. Uh, more speeches, more lectures, more sermons have been spoken about this one that came in this cradle uh, than any other person. Uh, when we, uh, I, I looked up the most, the most popular people. And you look at the most popular people, one of the, the number one person that came up on Google is the most popular person. I never even heard of this person's name. I think it must be a, an actor or something. Uh, but uh, it was a, uh, somebody living today. Uh, Donald Trump was number four. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, if we were to stop and think about the person who has made the greatest impact on the world, nobody has made the greater impact than the Lord Jesus Christ. 
His coming. Uh, we get to rejoice in His coming. Joy in His coming. Secondly, joy in His giving. Joy in His giving. God shall provide Himself a lamb. He was that lamb. John said it in John chapter 3, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, we should just joy in what we have been given. We've been given so much. I mean, when was the last time you just stopped and praised the Lord for your salvation? When was, when was the last time we just rejoiced in all that we get to enjoy because of the goodness of God? John 1, 12, uh, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Uh, we should joy in his giving. He has redeemed the world to himself. What a wonderful Savior we have. And that should just, that should just cause joy. So, well, Pastor, I've got problems. Just start thinking about him. I mean, it just sort of it levels the play. It just sort of pushes all the problems away. You get your eyes on the Savior and you start praising him and thanking him and enjoying him. You see, he is the one that brings joy. When we don't have joy, what we are revealing to ourself is that our relationship with Him is not where it needs to be. I'm not minimizing heartache. I'm not minimizing trials. I'm not minimizing burdens. But even in the burdens, God's good. Even in the trials and burdens of life, God is good. When things don't come together, God's good. Brother Charlie, God's good even when we're living in a truck. Amen. Amen. God's good. That man has been through so much. You know what we, we see when he comes around? We see joy. We see joy. He's so good. God's good. He's good all the time. Praise the Lord. He's, he's always good. And when we think uh, joy in His giving, that means we should have joy in His giving. We should be the ones that are joying. We are, the word joy is the word emotion and feeling. You know what? God has given us emotion. God has given us feelings. And even when we don't feel like God's good, God's good. But when we start thinking about all that he is and all that he has done, those feelings should be there. 
There ought to be joy in our heart. He wants us to, to have joy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord doesn't want us to, to go through life uh, miserable. He doesn't want us to go through life hating every step of the way. He doesn't want us to uh, just to endure. He wants us to enjoy all that he has given to us. Uh, why? Because of what he continues to do. Uh, he, in his giving, joy in his giving, uh, he gives life to the lifeless. He gives light to those in darkness. He saves the drowning soul from the misery of sin. He saves the sinner from the condemnation of the sin. He salvages the broken and makes us whole. Praise the Lord. And that should just bring joy. Uh, so much joy. Uh, I, I think about just what God has done in my life. I think about what God has done in my family. And when my mom and dad, when they got saved, I'm so thankful they got saved. I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, well, you know, we'll try this for a while and see how it works. It was old things were passed away, behold, all things are become new. And what a blessing. And uh, there, were, there, were some, there were some trials along the way. Uh, and there were some church splits along the way. And, you know, I'm so thankful that they just stayed faithful. Just stayed faithful. I've been so blessed. God has been so good to me. He salvages the life of the broken. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us. What's that last word? What's that last word? What's that last word? That includes me. That includes you. The Lord has salvaged us. He has saved us. He has salvaged us. I mean, the brokenness, we look around and we see it everywhere. Everywhere. We went out to lunch this afternoon and went down to um, Carlitos. And so we had lunch together and as we were driving over, I don't know how many homeless people we saw. We were coming right there across from 5th and uh, right there on 20 and up underneath one of the eaves, somebody sleeping, just trying to cover up with newspaper. You know, the brokenness that that person has experienced and is experiencing, and granted, some of, some of the reason is because they've made some bad decisions. I get all that. But I could have been there. That could have been me. That could be me. I had a, a young man that was in our youth department when I was in Washington. And this young man, uh, he was uh, uh, sang in the choir uh, he he was uh, uh, ended up getting engaged to one of the ladies in our church, and uh, Deb and I grew up with, and they ended up getting married. He asked me to do their wedding, and then uh, they got married, and he went off to college, was playing uh, ball for Washington State University, and ended up getting drafted by the New York Jets and played professional ball uh, for the Jets and then for the Patriots, and uh, ended up leaving there and went into uh, the 
the uh, CFL up in uh, Canada. But this young man who was serving the Lord and loved the Lord, somewhere along the line, he got off track. And he left his wife and he left his two little boys. And he got into drugs. And he died a homeless man at the age of 40 on the sidewalks of Canada. Unbelievable. Someone who was making millions, success on every hand, and he destroyed his life. None of us are exempt. You know, we just need to rejoice what God is doing in our life right now. When we lose sight of how good God is, we start looking out the world and thinking, they have everything that we want. Let me tell you, they don't have anything that you want. They don't have anything that will bring satisfaction. It might bring some fun for a season. But there's always a payday. You see, we need to just rejoice in what his, he has done. Uh, his, his, uh, uh, his coming, uh, his giving, uh, but thirdly, his returning. We need a joy in his returning. You know, looking forward to the day he's coming back. You know what? That trumpet's going to sound. That eastern sky is going to split. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a blessed day that's going to be. I'm so thankful for having a God who is not just leaving us down here in this broken world, this sin-cursed world. Uh, he is preparing a place for us. And one day he's coming back, and I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to the time where he's going to call us on home. Now, I don't know if I'm going by the upper taker or the undertaker, but I know where I'm going, and I know who's taking me. Uh, it's the Lord. You know, we should be joying in his coming. We should be looking for uh, the second coming of the Savior, the, his return. Now, I know the rapture is going to take place first, uh, and, and we'll be with the Lord and the, the, uh, the uh, judgment seat of Christ and the marriage supper of the Lamb will be taking place in heaven. Uh, the great tribulation period uh, will be down here on the earth. And you say, well, pastor, I'm a post-trib uh, person instead of a pre-trib person. Well, you enjoy the uh, tribulation period, but I'm going to be with the Lord in heaven. All right? And so, uh, anyway, uh, he has not appointed us unto wrath, the Bible says. And so he has called us out. I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, but then when he comes back, guess what? We're coming with him. We're coming with him. Uh, what a blessing. Psalm 98, let's look again at these verses. Uh, we think about joy to the world. And let's look again at Psalm 98, verse 4. Psalm 98 and verse 4. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. 
Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of the psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world. And the people with equity. You know what? Uh, if, the, if the waves are going to clap their hands, you know what? You and I, we ought to be clapping our hands. We ought to just be rejoicing in how good God is. He said, well, pastor, what will somebody think? They ought, they'll think you have some joy. They'll think you have some joy. You know, as a Christian, we ought to have joy. The Lord wants us to have joy. And as good as God is, how can we not? How can we not? The only way we will not have joy as a child of God is if we don't think about how good God has been to us. I don't know how many times over the years I've heard somebody give a testimony about how good God has been to them and somebody else grumbled, well, that never, never happens to me. Maybe it never happens because we have no joy. If all we're looking at is what I'm trying to get out of this, instead of what I get to give back to him because of what he's given to me. We have our eyes on ourselves instead of him, we're not going to have joy. But when we have our eyes on him, we can have joy. And you know what this world needs? It needs a church. It needs Christians that have joy. There ought to be just something about us. There ought to be a glow about us. that We have joy. It ought to be real. Not some, as Brother David was being Joel Olstein. <laughs> I've never seen his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, impersonations before of Joel Olstein, but I was sitting at the house laughing as he, was, uh, as he was doing the Joel Olstein impersonation. It ought not be a show. It ought to just be an outpouring of our soul. Hey, look at how good God is. You know what? You just start thinking about how good God is. It just puts a smile on your face. It just, it just changes how you feel. It brings an emotion, a feeling in your soul that's refreshing. You know what? What did Nehemiah say? He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If all we look at is the battles, all we look at is the negative, man, we're not going to have any joy. But we ought to have some joy. Joy to the world. Rachel, if you'll come back to the, uh, to the, the piano. Let's stand. We're going to sing joy to the world. Brother Josh, if you can pull that back up. And let's, let's sing with joy. Amen. Uh, let's enjoy uh, how... Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org.
That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.